Hi, this is Randy Cross of the San Francisco 49ers, three-time Super Bowl champion, and I love my time with the Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Welcome back to the Pro Sports Podcasters. My name is Colbert Ron. Most of you know me as Kobe, and I have been voted the fan favorite of the hosts on the Pro Sports Podcasters. I appreciate that. Justin was going to be with us today, but he's having intestinal issues, so we're going to have to let him slide. But today, we have a Chai Town native with us. When it comes to the Windy City, he knows all that's going on in sports. He actually produces content for Fansided, for 24-7 Sports, and is the owner or co-owner of ChaiCitySports.com. Today, we've got, ladies and gentlemen, Zach Pearson. Zach, how you doing? I'm doing good. The weather's not great here, but uh, other than that, um, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> it is the Windy City, so you got to expect that to a certain extent. We're just north of the border. We're up in Toronto, so we deal with that too. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, like 50 degrees here, but it was like 82 weeks ago. And it was a little taste of summer, and now it's like back to the, the early, early spring. <laughs> yeah, an unhappy teaser, basically. Yes, yeah. Now, before we get into it, we're going to talk a lot of the Bears. So, before we get going, though, can I ask you one thing first of all? Yeah, sure. We're going to be honest today. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> honest opinions. Yeah, I can uh, offer. I have to be more fair and more honest now um, that it's a professional job. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty used to it. Okay. Okay. So, first off, it isn't officially his first act as GM, but probably the most on brand act as GM. So for the new GM, Ryan Poles, what do you think of the Chicago Bears draft in general? Um, you know, it, it's – so it's kind of hard to, like, grade a draft or anything like that. Uh, I, I try to wait a couple, you know, seasons. But overall, I think he did what he should have done and addressed big needs, um, you know, minus edge rusher. I think going into Thursday – you know, right tackle is a big need. Edge rusher is a big need. Defensive tackle is a big need. Those are probably the top three, um, you know, as far as depth, running back, defensive back, wide receiver. I think he did a good job addressing them at least, or at least trying to find a solution to that, um, you know, outside of not getting an edge rusher, you know, someone to pass or rush the passer. That's kind of the one area I was a little concerned about going into the draft. Now it's the one area I'm still concerned about after the draft. So, yeah, overall, you know, he did what he could. I think trading back to get that fourth-round pick, you know, with Philadelphia was smart, especially since they weren't going to take Jalen Carter. He was off their board. That was pretty clear. He got a right tackle. I think Darnell Wright's the second-best tackle in this class um, because I do think Peter Skronsky is, is going to be a guard. So, yeah, I mean, he got. I think he got, a, I think he got one starter on the offensive line. I think he got a potential starter defensive back, and I think – by week four or five, you know, Rashawn Johnson out of Texas is probably going to be the lead back in what is a crowded backfield. Okay, I was actually going to ask you about that. So, do you think we're looking at a running back by committee here when you've got the rookie Rashawn Johnson, but you also got Donta Foreman who's proved himself 
and Khalil Herbert, who's actually proved himself as a bear. Are we looking at a committee or do you really think Rashawn Johnson is going to take the job? Uh, I think it's going to be a committee to start. You know, you have Khalil Herbert, you have uh, Dante Foreman, you have, um, you know, now in the mix, um, Rashawn Johnson, Tristan Ebner is also there in Chicago. So I think to kind of start, there'll be a running back by committee. But it's kind of tough because, like, the Bears really want to run the football and they want to take a lot of the pressure off Justin Fields. So while I think, you know, Johnson will get the majority of the carries, I still think it's going to be a decent split between him, Herbert, and Foreman eventually as the season goes on. Okay, so bad news for fantasy football fans. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, you know, last season it was will be a split between David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. And it was actually Justin Fields who had a ton of rushing yards. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, bad news for running back or for fantasy football running backs. Um, you know, it's just it's hard to predict when you have so many guys back there. Now, speaking of Justin Fields, I mean, looking at the weapons available to him, it's a very different look from last season. Very different look. You've made a number of moves bringing in new wide receivers. How do you think his adjustment will be to really – all new targets on the field. I didn't say Cole Komet. Yeah. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch because they got him a legit receiver in DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great in the trade package. Like that was a big deal to get Justin Fields another weapon. Cole Komet comes back. They're familiar. Darnell Mooney's familiar with them. Although, you know, he got hurt last year and really kind of struggled. But then you look a guy like Chase Claypool, who was acquired at the deadline last year. Um, they ended up being the number 32 overall pick, which is kind of a high price. Bears didn't know that at the time, obviously. But, I mean, he even admitted it. He said, it's hard to get traded in the middle of the year. It's not like Madden where you can plug in a guy and, you know, he's going to learn the playbook on Madden and, and come in and work. Like, you have to learn the playbook. You have to learn the quarterback. And that just did not happen. They didn't have time to do that last year. So, I think a full offseason – with Chase Claypool um, and then, you know, rookie wide receiver Tyler Scott, that's going to be big for Justin Fields. And pretty much, I mean, let's call it what it is. He's not – he doesn't – there's like no more excuses. Now it's time to start throwing the ball. Now it's time to start showing you can be a good passer in this league. You got the weapons. Like, they, they, they believe in you. There's a reason why they didn't keep the number one pick and drop the quarterback. You got to show them something because next year's quarterback class is really damn good. And That's right. If, if Justin Fields is not good – I mean, the Bears are probably going to be picking in the top five again. We'll have a chance at, you know, Caleb Williams or Drake May. Okay, so you've already alluded to maybe Fields could be on a bit of a short leash. What do you think about Matt Uberfliss with the new GM coming in, Ryan Poles? Yeah, I mean, we're going to find out if they can develop talent. That's the biggest thing. I mean, they I, I think people look at the roster and like, oh, it's a terrible roster. They were dead last in the NFL last year. And that's all true because of what, you know, they had to both inherit. I mean, they were inheriting – Bad contracts. They're inheriting players that are older. You know, Cleo Mack was still in his prime, obviously. You know, Robert Quinn is aging. He, you know, he just wasn't producing this year. That's why they traded him. And it was pretty much a roster with not a lot of exciting pieces. I mean, obviously, they had the biggest piece in place with the quarterback. But other than that, I mean, you had a running back entering a final year of his deal. You really don't pay running backs anymore big money. Yeah. You had one wide receiver in Darnell Mooney. It's just it, it just wasn't a great situation. For me, you know, Matt Interflus is a player's coach. He's kind of made it known like he wants House Hall to be a place where, you know, players can feel comfortable, open door type policy. 
so yeah, he, I mean, he, he's a, definitely a player's coach, but at the same time, like, you have to develop talent. Like, a rebuild's not going to last five, six years, and you're not going to be around for that. Like, if a rebuild's that long, you're, you're, you're not going to be around for that. So now we have to see this coaching staff develop talent. We have to see the general manager be able to identify talent, then give it to the coaching staff. And I think that's where, you know, we're going to look at Matt Eberflus and, okay, this year can you develop that talent? Next year can you develop that talent? Because if not, it's, it's going to be a short stay. No, I mean, most would see Eberflus as a defensive coach, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's his background. So the defensive side of the ball, I mean, there is a lot of questions. And I, I agree with you. They obviously require edge rushers. But edge rushers have become sort of like the, the poster child of drafts now. This particular draft especially, there was edge rushers. Look to me like an edge rusher, they've been taking every third pick. Like it's – they just flew off the board. So even with the amount of draft capital that Chicago had – had opportunities to draft, draft edge rusher, it was slim, right? So I do believe you still have some of the low, most cap space, though. So do you expect a couple of big signings to happen? Um, I Yes, I, not big signings. Um, I think we're at the point where it's like, you know, the guys are out there. There's some, you know, quote unquote, big names. Um, you know, Justin Houston, Frank Clark, Leonard Floyd. Yeah. Um, Yannick is still out there. Um, None of those are long-term names, though, right? Yeah, no, no. Um, yeah, n- none of them are like, you know, you'll sit there and, uh, and and um, you know, look at the long-term future. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, <laughs> it's like, it's guys you can probably plug and play. Yeah. Guys that will fill a need this year. Guys will fill a need maybe next year because, like, their edge rushing depth is – I mean, it's really, it's not good. It's Travis Gibson, it's Dominic Robinson, and it's, it's, um, it's, uh, Demarcus Walker. So, yeah, I mean, I could see, you know, them going, they, they do have the most money to still to spend. They're going to have, they still have to spend their cap floor, whether that's, you know, extensions or free agents. So it wouldn't shock me. Um, I just don't know when it's going to happen, who they're going to target. Like, I, I think Leonard Floyd would be a nice guy to bring back, um, maybe a two year deal, but someone like Frank Clark or Justin Houston, one-year deal to kind of come in and, and maybe play that pass rushing role and, and then see what you got next offseason in the draft. Yeah, I mean, it's, heading into this draft, I, there was some question about whether or not Chicago may even look at picking up a quarterback. But of course, when they made the trade, obviously they were sticking with Fields, and I thought that was a pretty good idea. But where do you think Fields would have ranked in this class of quarterbacks? Um, I think he probably would have been QB two, maybe QB three. I think, um, you know, I, I wasn't a fan of Will Levis, so I, he would probably be last on my list. Um, I think Fields probably be ahead of CJ Stroud. Okay. You know, I, I think there's even an argument he'd be ahead of Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson too. I think when you're drafting his quarterbacks, like the thing with Anthony Richardson is like, he played what 13, 12, 13 games. Half started. a season, yeah, right. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> you're drafting him based on his ceiling and his potential. Yeah, I mean, you're drafting everyone based on that, but like you're really drafting him on that. So you know, I I think it just depends on the team too. Like, does Carolina? I think Carolina would probably want Justin Fields over Bryce Young, but you know, what Indianapolis want? It's just. You got to know the GM. You got to kind of figure that out. But I would say, you know, safely QB1 or QB2. Okay. Okay. And you're going to know better than I because you're following them all the time. But 
What was the relationship between Getsy and Fields like? Oh, it was great. I mean, they, they really they understood each other. Like they, they knew like, okay, like, you know, we're going to work together. This, we got to figure out this offense. This is what our identity is going to be. We're going to put Justin in the best position possible. You know, like I said, open door policy type stuff. Like, you know, they, they, they really connected. I think Justin really likes working with Luke. Um, Luke definitely likes working with Justin. You can just kind of tell in his press conferences, he's very open about him, always complimenting him, you know, that type of stuff. So, Everything I know and, and I've heard and seen personally, it, it's good. I mean, I'm, you know, I don't think everything in the NFL is smooth. I think there are, you know, road bumps that show up here and there. Nothing where like Bears fans should be like, oh wow, like, okay, there's tension there or anything like that. I never, I don't get any of that uh, when when I hear any of them talk or hear either of them to talk or, or you know see them together. Okay, and does either either of their jobs rely on the other or no? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, almost everything in the NFL is going to be like that in terms of coordinator and, and quarterback. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, Justin Fields, he he does well in the offense. is really good. He's going to be the guy long term in Chicago. Luke Getze will be here not longer because he'll be probably taking a head coaching job. Um, kind of same with Luke Getze. You know, if, he, if he's doing really well and it, it, Justin Fields looks like a star, you know, he's going to get that head coaching job and Justin Fields is going to get that big contract. And I think they're kind of just, you know, tied together. Like it, it's, you know, Fields was here with the Matt Nagy era and had Bill Lazor and it was just kind of a mess. Like yeah. this, I feel like is way more tied together than, than what that was. Okay. That's, that's perfect. So things are at least looking like they've improved. Yes. Yes. Oh, of course. Yep. Now you had alluded to Fields being one of the top rushers on the team. Do you think that Eberflus or even the fans want to see that from Fields? Is that is that the quarterback you want in Chicago, or would you rather him be a little more pocket savvy? Um, you know, I think it can work either way. You know, I mean, it, it obviously you want to see him improve in in passing situations. Um, mm-hmm. You know that you're not going to win the NFL with you know not making throws and and. Um, struggling to make reads and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, that's, that, that's field's game is, is, you know, being able to scramble and, and being able to make plays with his feet. And there's like nothing wrong with that at all. Obviously you got to take that next step. So I, I think you're going to get a little more focus on that this year. They're going to try and, and, uh, you know, open up the passing game a little bit. They're not going to like, Take it, take his running ability out. Obviously, you know you want to protect him, not let him take too many hits. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to see that. And I think that's why it's like you know you you just look at it and you're like, okay, like this is his game, but let's surround him with talent. Let's you know he's not just a running quarterback. He can throw. I mean, going back to his college days, if anyone if anyone actually really paid attention to his college tape, he was a way better thrower than he was runner. I mean, he. Hardly ran. Now he's playing at Ohio State. He's got one of the best offensive lines. He's got yes. weapons, all that. He's playing against, you know, um, Minnesota. Nothing against Minnesota. You know, Minnesota, Indiana. Obviously, he's going to look a lot better, but he was a way better passer in college. I just think the Bears have to open that up a little bit more in the playbook. Now, do you think that falls on him or does it fall on the offensive line? 
I think I think it's everything. I think last year they just were. They, last year was a year, you know, for me. I just I throw it away for Justin Fields. I throw his rookie year away because he was not in a good spot. Like he was not in a good position to succeed right away. So, you know, last year he just didn't have the time to throw. The receivers he was working with, nothing against them, but they weren't the greatest. Um, you know, they had their struggles. It was nothing like you know any his other quarterbacks have. So, I think it's just you know yeah. Sometimes he does tuck and run a little too fast um, or too soon. He's got to go through his progressions. But he's also made good throws, and the offensive line also broke down. So it's, it's, it's kind of a little bit of everything. Sign up to SoRare, the ultimate fantasy sports NFT platform. Create teams with cards from your collection and earn points based on your players' real-life performances to compete in a variety of fantasy sports competitions. SoRare is a game that you can play this season and the next and the next, and the next. It's almost like a, a dynasty spin on fantasy. It's available in formats such as NBA, MLB, and also football, the world game. So what are you waiting for? Get involved, get in the game, get some cards, and have some fun. You just sign up, create an account, and then you can start playing. And if you wanna go a little bit harder and purchase some limited, rare, or unique cards, can do that too but at a base level this is really just a free fun way to play with your mates and show who's really in the know when it comes to sports because process podcasters we know our thing but so rare is a chance to go up against us and see who really is the smartest in the room so hit the link in the show notes and we'll see you on so rare own your game when you're looking at the NFC North, I would argue that the Bears have improved slightly, and some of their competition, I would argue, have gotten weaker in the offseason. Where do you see them fitting in in the NFC North? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously with Aaron Rodgers leaving the division, I, I feel like it's wide open. I think yeah. Detroit you really took a step forward last year. I didn't really like how they did their draft this year. <laughs> I did not uh, either. <laughs> I don't think it was a good draft. I just, yeah, we'll see though. I mean, they, uh, that's why I'm not a general manager. So, yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I think it's as open as it's ever been. Obviously, when you have Aaron Rodgers there, you know, Packers were the favorites almost every single year. Yeah. Um, Minnesota's an interesting team because I kind of felt like they were fool's gold all last year. Like they barely beat the Bears at home. And, you know, we saw what happened in the playoffs. They, they got stopped by the Giants. So, yeah, I mean, I think the Bears have a chance. I think there'll be a team that'll stick in till the end, last couple of weeks of the season. You know, they're gonna have to go three and three, four and two to in that division to to have a chance. Obviously, um, you know, get a couple wins in the division is the easiest way to win your division. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting because I think it's, it's like I said, it's just so wide open this year. Like, how much better did Detroit get? What? How good is Jordan Love? Jordan Love's good, and the Packers will probably be fine. You know, what, what does Minnesota have? Is Kirk Cousins going to repeat this and, and do it again? Um, can the Bears get better? I mean, it could be, you know, a division that struggles. Like, we could see, like, a, one of those years where you get, like, an 8-9, 9-18 first or 10-7 and seven in first. So, um, that's kind of my outlook for it. I, I think it's too early to say the Bears will win the division. I, I still would go with Detroit to, to kind of be the favorites. And then, you know, Bears, Minnesota, and, and Green Bay kind of right there. It's kind of actually hard to pick who's going to be the worst team, honestly. Now, I assume you are a Bears fan, correct? Uh, yes, yep. <laughs> okay, so do the Chicago Bears have a significant home field advantage? Uh, not, I, I don't think so. Um, 
I don't. I'm not a fan of Soldier Field as, as much as you know okay. me and some other fans are. So I don't. It's not definitely not like Lambo. I mean, I've seen other stadiums have way bigger home field advantages. Like the Bears, yeah, the Bears fan. Nothing against the Bears fans. They're loud. It's noisy in there. Um, they're great. The fans are great. But it's just like I don't know. It just doesn't feel like it's a home field advantage type stadium. Okay, that's fair. And I mean, with the NFL spreading out, you now have games in Europe. You get games in Mexico. I don't think anyone wants to see their team go on these trips, but do you see it as an advantage or disadvantage for your opponents in a division to go on these trips? I don't know. That's a good question. You know, it's tough because, like you said, the NFL wants to expand. The NFL wants to expose their teams to a, a bigger audience overseas, things like that. I don't know if there's an advantage or disadvantage. I, I don't, I mean, I'm sure there's probably been studies done. I, I think there's, you know, been one that's like, you know, if you leave it this day, if you leave on this day, it's a big difference. Um, we saw the Bears left on Thursday before going to London a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. um, whereas the Raiders stayed there the whole week. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I, that's a good question. I, I, I don't know if there's a particular advantage or disadvantage. I like it. I like seeing the overseas games. I think they're fun. I went to the one in London. It was a great time. Um, it's a great atmosphere. The fans actually care really a lot over there. And it's just fun to get to travel and, and see your team in a different stadium. And honestly, those stadiums over there are incredible. They're all soccer stadiums. Oh, yeah. they're, just, they're just absolutely incredible. So, yeah, I don't know if there's really a big advantage or disadvantage. Yeah, for me as an NFL fan in Canada, I actually like those European games because it, it literally creates an entire day of – <laughs> football yeah. when you're in the Eastern time zone, right? You're, you're getting in the morning and in the early afternoon, then the late afternoon, then the late game. Like it's fantastic, right? It's all day football. I'm hammered by the time it's over. <laughs> but but uh, if you were to point out a particular strength for the Chicago Bears, where would it lie? Probably the run game offensively. Defensively, the secondary I think is going to be really good. But yeah, I, I would probably say the run game and secondary are my two you know, biggest strengths on this roster right now. Obviously, things can change. Justin Fields takes the next step. And it's, it's him at the quarterback, um, you know. But I think defensively, it's really safe to say it's, it's the secondary. I think the linebackers got better, which is a help. But, yeah, if, you know, if I'm going and in, in, in I'm game planning, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on that secondary. I'm keeping an eye on the run game for the Bears. I think those are the probably, pretty much our two strengths. What would you say Fields' ceiling is this season? All-purpose yards, touchdowns, interceptions. Do uh, you want like numbers or do you want numbers? Numbers, roughly. All perp. I mean, I, I it's tough to go over a thousand yards rushing again. Obviously, that's really hard for a quarterback. Um, five hundred. If you get yeah, five hundred, six hundred rushing. You know, it gets three thousand passing, thirty five hundred passing. I think that's a that's a pretty big year. Um, the Bears are the only team in the NFL that never have a four thousand yard passing quarterback in a season. So I don't I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, you know, somewhere between, you know, like 20 passing touchdowns, 22 to 24 passing touchdowns, six, seven rushing touchdowns. You know, you go 500 rushing yards to 600, you know, 3,000 passing yards would be kind of nice to see. I think that'd be his ceiling right now. The year after, I think it'd go higher, especially if he took the next step. I think you're bang on, actually. I, I thought maybe you would inflate it a bit as a fan, but <laughs> okay. yeah, no, no. I, I think I think you're right there. I think if he was if he were to get close to three thousand passing yards, that's a great season. If he gets a little over five hundred rushing yards, that's fantastic. If he can put together 
28 touchdowns combined throwing and, and rushing. I think I think if that happens, Chicago has themselves in the mix for a playoff spot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that very well could happen. Um, you know, it also could happen that he struggles. So it's 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 just it's crazy because you, you you'll see on Twitter like fans are you know freaking out and and saying um, like oh he could have you know four thousand passing yards and all that and, and it's just yeah it's I'd love for that to happen but you got to be realistic sometimes. That's right. Now you've been covering football long enough. I know you have, so you've probably noticed what I've noticed. And if you were to go back five years, let's go back five years even. Five years ago, the most powerful teams were all in the NFC. Yeah. You had one or two teams in the AFC that were going to go to the AFC championship for sure. And then you had a number of NFC teams and it was sort of a toss up as who was going to come out of that. Last year was the first year where I looked at it and thought to myself, who, who comes out of the NFC? I really have no idea. And the AFC looks stacked yeah. and it looks that way again this year. Is there any teams in the NFC that you can think to, that can rise up this season and really establish themselves as a, a continuous powerhouse? You know, Philadelphia is probably the favorites in the NFC, I'd say. Um, yeah. I, their draft is really damn good. You know, I, I think they're they're probably they're the team to beat in the NFC for sure. I agree. After that, it's just like you're kind of just like waiting for Dallas to do something. You're kind of waiting. Every year you're waiting yeah. for Dallas. Like they look so good on paper. Yep, yep. Um you know, I think New Orleans is a team that'd be kind of fun. I think ah. they I think they upgraded at quarterback, obviously, with their car. Their defense is pretty solid. That division's pretty weak. I think the Falcons are going to have a fun offense with Bijan Robinson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. Uh, we'll see on Desmond Ritter. Yes. You know, and, and, and then the out west, like, what are you going to get out there? Are you going to get, you know, the 49 – I mean, I, you'd also say the 49ers too. I think the 49ers and Eagles are the two right there to their, that are going to be the favorites going in. It wouldn't shock if they're in the NFC Championship game again this year. You know, they're kind of robbed of a good game last year. It's just going to be the quarterback. Who's the quarterback for the forty yes. so, nine? I, I got I to ask you that. Do you, do you think Trey Lance pans out, or do you think that was one of the worst sort of sell, sell the farm trades to, to grab the third quarterback picked in the draft? Yeah, I wasn't a fan <laughs> um, of the Trey Lance pick at all. Was I. I, it's just – it's hard. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Is Brock Purdy actually good, or was it just kind of one of those runs where you get six or seven games and he's – okay. But I don't, he might not even be ready for the season. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean – I think the 49ers are built to be a dynasty for years to come. They just they need the consistent quarterback. I think the Eagles are built to be a dynasty, or I won't say dynasty, but like have a chance to be a dynasty. I think yes. those are the two teams in the NFC, and then you got just like a bunch of teams that are just missing pieces that you know could come out of nowhere. I think the NFC can be really fun this year to watch the playoff battle. Like you know, I think Dallas has the quarterback. They got to bulk up the defense. They need to get another receiver. The Giants are a team to kind of watch. Um, there's just a lot of unique storylines. And then the AFC, obviously, you just have – it's just a gauntlet. And it's insane how good the AFC is. It's crazy. And, I mean, it, and it's weird. It feels like every marquee quarterback from the NFC has moved to the AFC in the last three years. Yeah, yeah. Right. Just, well, we'll go over there now. Now, the other thing I want to ask you, because this was definitely evident last year playoffs, but you've got the expanded season. You've got a shortened preseason. They're considering adding another game to the regular season. We saw a lot of teams that were sort of injury heavy at the end of the season. Do, do you think that's going to become a significant issue going forward, or do you think the teams will adjust? 
I'm, I'm, I'm sure it'll be an issue. I think injuries are always an issue. You add in the extra games. It's it's just it's a, it takes a toll on the bodies. I think the thing that really needs to be changed is the, the Thursday games. Like every team gets one, and now they want you know now they made the rule where every team could get two. Like you know our teams could get up to two. That's just just too much. Like it's it's hard to go Sunday to month to Thursday, even though you get the extra couple of days off. It's just eh. It's yeah. I just wouldn't. I, I think they need to do a better job uh, of figuring something out to protect the players. But yeah, it's tough because it's like you know, like you said. I mean, there's teams that were banged up last year at the end. It was brutal. Yeah, it felt like it was. Oh, it was like the last two years they've done the 18 week schedule or whatever it is. It's just it's been happening more, and I don't. I don't think it's going to change. No, I, I, like I said, they want to go. They want to add more games if possible. Right? It's it's the money making franchise. Yep. That's right. It's all about the money. Oh yeah, it's all about the money. <laughs> you know. So, and speaking about all about the money, we see some ridiculous contracts now. And most recent, you've got Lamar Jackson, who represented himself, which still blows my mind. Because of the example he's set, do you think more marquee players are going to look to that as an option? Um. I don't know because it's – I mean, I think Lamar got – not lucky, but like Lamar is a situation – you know, Roquan Smith did the same thing. He doesn't have an yeah. agent either. And they're both with the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> kind of weird. Um, I don't know. I think you say – you can I, – I, you know, you can get more money out of your deal not having an agent. But still, it's a lot of work. I mean, it's hard. It's a lot – you're a professional football player. You don't have a lot of time in your hands. That's a lot of work. I, I think we'll see it start to trend more that way a little bit. I don't think we'll ever be at the at – the, at a place where there's players are negotiating all the time. I, that's, that's just too unrealistic. Okay. And then now you've got these sort of feeder leagues. Do you think they are actually developing players that will become NFL worthy in either the USFL or the XFL? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. I mean, like I, I want, I'm all for them to get chances. Like PJ Walker's a member of the bears. Now that's a fun story. I think they'll get more chances as we go on. It's just hard. Like watching those leagues, nothing against them. It's it's different football. It's not NFL quality. It's it, you can tell there's a there's a there's a little gap in talent there. And, you know, it's, it's <laughs> a little gap. Yeah, it's tough. But I mean, I don't. I I think we'll see more, but not like to the point where these guys are fully making rosters. Okay. Oh, fair enough, man. Fair enough. I, I honestly, it's it's cool talking to you. You got a pretty open opinion on a lot of these things, which is nice to hear. It doesn't seem like there's someone behind you saying you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. now, now got to ask you a couple off topic questions. First of all, you're, you're in Chicago. So where do you get the best deep dish? Uh, I actually don't like deep dish. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm not a deep dish guy. <laughs> nope. I um, strictly tavern style. I like tavern style. I think deep dish is, it's like more of a touristy thing. It's kind of like Portillo's. Like Portillo's is really good. I like Portillo's. But like when people come to town, like my friends and stuff, and they want like Italian beef or a good hot dog, I'll take them to like a lo- another local place. I mean, I'll, we'll go to Portillo's. That's fine. But like, you know, same with Deep Dish. Like I'll go to places, but I'll just I'll order tavern style for myself. Um, you know, if I were to point someone to Deep Dish in Chicago, Pequod's is pretty good. Um you know, the big ones are like Giordano's, Lilanati's, Gino's. Those are like more of the touristy places. Gino's is probably my favorite out of those two. But like, there's so many good places where you can get a tavern crust, a thin sliced pizza. Yeah, I, I just prefer that. I grew up on that. 
you know, kind of the area I grew up in, out in the suburb, like west of Chicago was more, you know, we had a Giordano's and stuff like that, but it was more tavern style, like just thin crust, buttery crust. It was, I, I, that's what, kind of what I grew up on. I just, you know, my wife is was, you know, born and raised in Chicago, and even she's like, yeah, I just, the deep dish gets kind of old for me. So. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. And if you want to experience a Bears game with hardcore fans, but you can't go to the stadium, which bar would you go to? Honestly, you could walk into any bar. Uh, I mean, I, I know it's kind of a generic answer. You could walk into any bar on a Sunday game day in the city of Chicago, and it would be jam-packed to Bears fans. Obviously, you know, before you get in there, kind of Google it, because there are a lot of bars that are other teams. Like, there's Packers bars. There's Dolphins oh, okay. bars. There's Patriots bars. 49ers bars. But, I mean, you could literally stumble into any bar, you know, in the city. The north side has a lot of good ones. Um, there's a couple in the West Loop or Loop area. You know, the neighborhoods, how Chicago is, it's just neighborhoods. So, it is, you know, it, it, there's a lot of good bars that are, you know, playing the Bears games. Um, I mean, unfortunately, like a lot of my favorite ones have closed over the years. Um, and I haven't really actually been to a bar to watch a game in, you know, five, six years. I'm usually working on those days. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's tough to single out one, but I mean, I, it's, I, like, I'm not even trying to be a generic answer. It's You could literally go to any bar and it'll be any bar that's not in a, a specific team bar. And you'll see outside they'll have like flags or like they'll have, you know, home of the New York Jets bar, the Chicago New York Jets bar. So you'll know, but I mean, you can walk into a lot of them and and, and you'll find tons of Bears fans. You'll see them walk on the street, all, all that good stuff. Okay. And are, is the Bears the number one ticket? In Chicago, yeah, one hundred percent. Like that, me and my friends actually get into arguments about this because, like, <laughs> you know, I when the Cubs won the World Series, you know, it, I went to the parade. It was massive. It was incredible. It was an awesome time. I grew up a Cubs fan. It was a great thing to see. You know, my buddy, the diehard Cubs fan, he said, this, he said, we had an argument. He said, this this will be the biggest parade the city's ever had. I don't. I think if the Bears win the Super Bowl, that that parade will be bigger. And my theory is. You know, we have Cubs fans, we have Sox fans here, but yeah, they're both Bears fans. And I think there are so many people that would come in for it. You know, obviously the Cubs breaking a historic streak was incredible. That, you know, it, it's tough to top it, but I really do believe, like, the Bears would set another record. And it is. Everyone's a Bears fan here. Sunday is just – it's it's Bears in Chicago. Like, it's – you know, and, and right now they have a chance. Like, they have a chance to really – if they're good, they can really – I mean, they, they already own the city, I think. But, like – they could really like increase your popularity here in the city. Okay, and you're—I mean, literally, you're—you're you're just a hop across the border from us. I take it you've been to Canada. Uh, yes, I have. I've been there a couple times. You ever had a poutine here? Uh yes, yeah, actually. Um, God, when was I there last? I, it was uh, within like last seven years, six years, maybe. So yeah, I actually have family that's um, in Buffalo. So okay. we're not, not too far from like Niagara Falls border and, and you know, Tor going up to Toronto. So I've been, I've been to, um, Windsor, dr drove to Toronto, been to, you know, all those areas. So yeah, I've had that before. Your family Bills fans? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Big Bills <laughs> fans. Yep. Um, yeah. Up, yeah. My wife's family's from there too. Like, so she has family from there too, which is kind of odd. Um, but yeah, no, they're, yeah, they're all pretty much Bills fans. Right on. And if our fans want to find you, I'm, I'm sure you're all across social media, but where is the best place to find you? 
Yeah, I mean, pretty much Twitter. Twitter's the big one I'm on right now. Zach, um, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. The Bear Report is on Twitter. It's just Bear Report. Um, it's like an old picture of a magazine. You know, you can find my work on bearreport.com as well. That's like one of my main gigs. Uh, we have a good message board there, too, for Bears fans. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's that's the main things that I, I, I usually use. I'm on Facebook, but it's... It's usually just to up, you know, stay in touch with friends and you know, share pictures of my kid and my you know, family stuff. So I don't, I don't do it too much on Facebook. Instagram's kind of the same thing too. So, is ChaiCitySports.com still active? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, it's still it's going going up and active. As what is it, twenty twenty three? So thirteen years now, just crazy. Right on, buddy. Right yeah. on. Congratulations. Thank man. you it's, so much. It's not easy. No, but it's still, not. It's still honestly awesome talking to you, Zach. Yeah, no. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcast's experience, where no sport is left behind.